Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hedlund. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone, Uh, this is Leif and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I'm very, very excited because today I'm just having two amazing people showing up in my office. No, actually it was planned. Uh, But one of them I had not met before and it is uh, Mark And Mark is married to a Christian, Hayward. And as he was just starting to share some of the things that God is doing in his life, I said, we do have to have a podcast. I do want the kingdom family around the world to be able to get to know him and recognize some of his special sauce so that you get to taste and see how good God is. So, Mark, welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. How are you doing? I am well. Thank you so much for having me, Leif. Uh, it's really a pleasure. It's been a, been a great time. So, uh, so far today, have you, uh, you got anything? <laughs> <laughs> More than I can share. I, I, am, I am learning by the moment. No, no, it is so beautiful to have you here. And, and all we do is, uh, as probably most of you know, uh, in the Kingdom family, we, we do relationship before we do anything. And that's what we've done. It's, I've spent some time getting to know Mark and Mark get to know us. And then we start to share life together. And it's amazing when the Holy Spirit comes and, and the transformation that is just taking place just through conversation when we're just gathering at the table. So Mark, I, I wanted just to uh, uh, first ask you a couple of questions, a little bit of your journey and, and what I'm interested in, because you were part of a mega church, you are on staff, and I'm interested a little bit because there's a transition going in in your life, and we're going to go after some of those things because the whole world right now is in a shaking, and in the middle of the shaking, a lot of people, they're no longer what they used to be, but they have not yet become what they're supposed to become, and I think that you are a good example for some of the things that God is doing, and perhaps it can add value to so many people out there. That's, <laughs> I, I will absolutely uh, share this place that, that we're in right now, which is, it's neither here nor there, right? It, it's somewhere in between, and it's exciting. I, um, for more than a decade, I've been on staff as the missions and outreach pastor at an incredible church in upstate central New York and Syracuse called Abundant Life Christian Center, pastored by uh, Pastor John Carter. And it's a phenomenal church and had great opportunities to learn and grow. It's the church of my youth and um, traveled all over the world, did projects in, in East Africa and in the Caribbean, Haiti, Central, Central and South America and uh, other places and lots of things in our community. Syracuse is, is a community with all kinds of challenges, uh, crime and poverty and, um, and historical challenges and worked to those ends. And, and it was just an incredible time in my life and got married and had children and, and grew uh, in, in Syracuse and Central New York and still feels like home. Yeah, just quickly introduce us to your family. I know you have a wife and is it three children? It is. I okay. have a wife, uh, the amazing Kristen Haywood. She is... Uh, 
even smarter than she is beautiful and more beautiful than she is smart. So it's a, it's a, it's a tie. You are a wise man. I, I can hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I told her when we met in college, she was a math major at, at Syracuse university and uh, graduated magna cum laude. She's brilliant. And I told her, honey, uh, smart is sexy to me. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and she loved football and it was, it was a match made in heaven. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And the three, how yeah. old are they? You're so I have a 12-year-old daughter, Ella, and I have a 10-year-old daughter, Liliana, and then I have a son who's almost five. He reminds me every day that he's going to be five soon, and uh, he, his name is Joshua. Oh, that's beautiful. And part of the things with our GMI family, or the kingdom family around the world, that one of our major core values for everybody to know their identity, everybody to know how valuable they are. But there's one more thing is dreaming with God. We do want to and every single person to be able to find their place here on earth and to dream with Papa God. So they wake up in the morning with purpose and passion. And it didn't take me a long time in our conversations to realize that in your journey, being in, on staff in a mega church, and I think it was when Pastor John, your pastor, was in Africa, something took place. Tell me about it. Yeah. So um, eight years ago, he was at a minister's conference in Bungoma, Kenya, and there was hundreds of pastors representing hundreds of churches uh, throughout Tanzania, Uganda, Burundi, Rwanda. And, um, and in between sessions, he saw the street children, the street boys. And him and his, his wife, or Pastor Lisa, their heart broke. And they came back and said, Mark, it's the only thing that we can think about. We have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And... I, I was kind of looking for the easy way out, I'll be honest. Like, okay, we'll, we'll find somebody that's doing something, we'll give them money. Let me just stop for one second there, because I want people to be aware. Just be aware in this season of your tears. We heard that Pastor John and Lisa, there was something that happened. They saw a brokenness and they started to be broken over something that was broken. And those tears can be an indicator for you about something you're about to dream about. Continue. <laughs> that's, that's right. They, and she talks about she came home and saw her own sons, right? So they're, they're parents of three sons. And as a father, I, this has happened to me. When you're out in, in the developing world and you see just such brokenness, and then you come home and you see your own children, and, and you say, God loves these kids uh, living on the street as much as he, lives, he loves mine. And... Um, and so we did, we, we put together teams, we researched, and um, we couldn't find anybody that had real analytical data that was doing, kind of restoring these, pe- these young men um, the way that we would hope in, in East Africa. And I, I went into, to, to Pastor Carter's office and I said to him, he asked for the report, and I said, well, the, the, the challenging news is, is I can't find anybody, our team can't find anybody who's doing it really well to partner with. Um, the, 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 indication that I'm getting from the community is that uh, these boys are, are unredeemable, that they are wild, that they, they kill each other, they hurt each other, they rape, they steal. They are, you know, anyways, from age five to 19, they die young. They're, 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 they're gang uh, a mentality, um, an orphan mentality. And, uh, and he Slowly, I saw kind of slow anger rise in his face, and he put his hands on his desk, and he leaned over his desk, and he said to me, Mark, you cannot tell me that there is anybody on this earth that is beyond the reach of God. Hmm. 
you can't tell me that any, there's anybody who's unredeemable, wow. especially children. Go back to it. And here again, I have to just come in with a thought because when John first came, the lamb, the lamb, Jesus, was broken over all the things that was broken. But now when you came and explained all of the things that was not possible according to the statistics and everything else, the lion, the lion with a lamb's heart came and roared and that's what I saw that roar. Continue. That is exactly, that is exactly, it was a lion moment uh, without question. And uh, I went back to it and began to pray and even fast and say, Lord, what would you do? What would you have done? Um, I, I believe him. He's right. And in this kind of moment, this, this um, systems kind of flooded into my mind and I started writing it on the board and, and I saw this system of, re- of rescuing the boys from the street and, and a rehabilitation home that really, I mean, not just fed and, and clothed them, but restored them to their God-given purpose. Right, what their their intentions, their names, um, a place where they would be adopted, so to speak, in, in at least in their heart, right? And then the third part of the program would be to develop a, a foster care system within that community in that state. It's really a, a county, and um, through the local church, the evangelical association, and the local government, and. Pitched, went back to, to pastor, shared the, my pastor shared the idea, and, uh, and we were off and running. We were finding experts in addiction and trauma and social care. Um, we, we sent doctors and, and even, even people who, who deal in deliverance because many of these young people had very difficult uh, situations that they were coming out of. Wow. Wow, yeah. I'm sure that all of them have some kind of a PTSD. Yeah. They have some post-traumatic things that could be when they were rejected or the rape or something is taking place with them where they, they needed a power encounter to be able to get into that root issue, to be able to see a lasting transformation. And I've been to Bongoma and also to so many of the places that we talked about earlier. And I've actually spent some nights out with the street gangs wow. that I did there. So it was also a very... Big, big lesson for me, again, to be broken over something that was broken, especially in the father's heart when he sees all of these people that are his sons and daughters. Uh, so uh, the father wants his family back. Yes. But then something happened there, as I'm saying, that you uh, you suddenly now started getting a download. And then now you are in a situation that what are you going to do about it? I mean, you have seen a giant. And yeah. yes, you come up with some strategy. You maybe see I have a few stones and I have a sling. But what are you going to do with it? Yeah, because yeah. you're in a good church, big settings, and you can do a couple of mission trips over there. But where yeah, do we go from here? It, um, we, but, you know, we're people of action, and so we want to take action. But first, there was there was a paradigm shift that had to change in in me and our team, and and that was one that that we have to know that our God is bigger than that problem, than that challenge. That's beautiful, um, uh, and that He weeps with us yeah. um, uh, over this situation. And, um, and that, he, that we don't know everything. In fact, there's more we don't know at that point than we did, but we were going to start it anyways. 
and uh, we weren't experts, but but we were going to find a way. And um, and so we put together a team of, of psychiatrists and, and doctors, um, um, addiction specialists, pastors, uh, educators, everything that you could think of that you would want your children to have. And, and then we bought a property, the best property that we could find, and we turned it into this excellent, beautiful, restorative property. We even painted it colors that were calming mm. to, to somebody who's, who's, who's overcome trauma. We began to treatment processes that were, we were honestly, we were borrowing from the practice of treating PTSD in soldiers coming back from, from war. Mm. And we started seeing real, uh, real results. And, and we learned a whole lot. Uh, early on, we were having kids run away. And, <laughs> and so we built the wall higher so they wouldn't run away and they would still run away. And um, the director, the, the house mom, she, she, she said, Hey, can we buy them all bicycles for Christmas? And uh, I said, Yeah, I guess we can. So we we raised a few dollars and we bought all of them bicycles. We bought nineteen bicycles, and nobody ran away after that. It wasn't the walls that would keep them in; it was the incentive that would keep them in. We would ask them, How come nobody's run away? And they said, And leave our bicycles? We would never leave our bicycles. And uh, it, it was a it was a matter of belonging. Yeah, that that whole process and during the travel, God really began to show me, uh, you know, what He had for me in my life and what I believe He's doing in the kingdom of God in part. Yeah, I was just thinking about. I mean, in my spirit, things just flowing very fast these days. And as you were sharing, and you will see, I took notes of everything that you said earlier. But the, the, one of the principle is fathers and mothers dreams sons and daughters have vision the old dream dreams the young see vision so here you have your spiritual papa and mama is out there they're capturing something and they throw that to his son the son suddenly now gets a seed and you take that seed into a good soil and it starts to grow and that seed is about to become a tree and i just saw that beautiful picture and now as I'm saying, sons and daughters becomes fathers and mothers. You take an ownership of that. And now you have taken that seed to become a tree. And now the next thing, I know the force, you're about to tell us about the force of what is about to come. I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you actually, you, 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 you stirred something in my heart. And it's actually a prayer that I, I was just reminded of. My parents really kind of came into the charismatic movement in the 70s. And my pastors, uh, my spiritual parents did as well. And they went to Rama, and they were in, you know, Brother Hagen and the great move of God and the charismatic renewal and people speaking in tongues and Catholic churches. And, and I only heard the stories and I read the books, but I never saw that kind of movement in, in my life. And I mean, I've seen God do incredible things, but not, not like that. And I, and I remember praying and saying, God, what is the next move of the Holy Spirit? When, when are we going to see things like that? Uh, on a much higher level. And I don't know all, but I know that in my part that I feel like God showed me was that the next move of God would be revealed in wisdom and revelation, that we would see revelation. That he wants to solve the world's most challenging and complex problems for the people who get it the least. And that's what he has assigned us to. And so my wife and I have, have, have going, are going down this road, Leif, that, that I'm really glad that you're sharing with me that you have. You've pioneered. You've, uh, <laughs> we, we left our great position at the church and, and our salaries, and 
we have pioneered an organization called Mar- Marvelous Ways International. But, but tell me something. There's something else here for me that is very important. And the difference is that when you have a vision, the other thing is when the vision got you. Yeah. And I know there was something you did here that was unique that I knew. Ah, this is not just somebody that is dreaming. This is somebody that the dream has them. So you made some practical steps to be able to manifest that. What were some of that? And it's, it's tough steps because there's people here. They would like to moving in towards what is next, but it's kind of a, the Elijah stories that, excuse me, but he, he had to burn up his calf. He had to burn up everything that he had before he started to follow Elijah into his own. Meaning sometimes we need to have a bonfire of what used to be before we can move into what's next. So tell us about that story. <laughs> so we uh, about four years ago we started meeting. I started meeting with my pastor and sharing this 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 thing in our heart to 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 pursue these challenging issues uh, for the glory of God. And we we built a board. We started to kind of share it. Actually, kind of a little bit later, start, um, with with our closest friends and and people to to pray with us about it. And. Um, I, I had several encounters where I just knew that this is what God was calling us to do. I'm not sure if you wanted to get into any of that, but um, but then we we decided to launch and we we allowed we let our our church know and we sold our home. Sold your home? Yeah, we sold we sold our home. Wow. Why did you sell your home? <laughs> well, because we needed we needed money to start an organization. Uh, the gospel is free, but the pipeline is not. Right? <laughs> so, so um, yeah, we we need, we believed with, that God had called us to this, and that we were going to pursue this with all with everything we had. And so, so you put all the chips on the table. There's no plan B now. Yeah, no, there, there is, there is no plan B. We burn the ships behind us. I mean, um, yeah, we, we have great relationships, but we said we'll sell our house, and if we get out of, we thought if we get out of debt and we're just even, we'll be, we'll be in really good shape. We had some credit card debt, and I, I had seminary debt and these things, and, um, but and but then COVID hits, and and my wife and I are going. Oh, are we still supposed to start this thing now? Um, the world is frozen. I can't even go to the bank. And we we stopped and we prayed separately and uh, for over a couple of days. And we came back and said, no, we feel like we're really supposed to do this. Well, now we're going to sell our house. We're going to put our house in the market. And is anybody buying houses? They're, they're not even allowed to see houses. It's COVID. So we put our house in the market and we get an offer immediately. And then another one. And we end up selling our house for like t- tens of thousands of dollars more than we would have pre-COVID. Wow. And, uh, and we took that money and that is the seed money that has started this organization. Mm-hmm. And um, we moved out of our community. We moved, uh, we moved our family. We obviously we had to move because we sold our house. <laughs> and and um, we are going after this with everything we have. It's beautiful. And, and you, uh, you showed us a video and it was just, it's well done. It's a spirit of excellence. It's not just something that you just came up with. You can see that 
you have been sitting down before you build a house. You have seen what it's going to cost. You put the foundation on there, and right now you're building that house. And so it was very beautiful as you were now casting a vision. First of all, I know that uh, the vision got you, so that means it is contagious. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast, because I very seldom do podcasts when I just meet somebody. But I realized, now this guy is representing so many of the thousands of people out there that there's something God has for them. They may be have a dream or there's certain things, but there's all these obstacles. Could be COVID-19, selling the house, there's this, 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 this. And then what you have done is eventually you have taken off the training wheels in this season and you are suddenly now on the bike and just saying, okay, by faith, I'm going to go for this and with your family. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for that. And as well as I pray and believe that many of you that are out there, that this is going to release courage to you and wisdom to you. I want that. I don't want you just to be so courageous to sell your home right now because let that come from the Lord. But I want you to get the wisdom and saying, God, is this you? And if God says, yes, am I going to be obedient? And then yes, what do I need to give up to go up so that that they were following some of those principles and steps? And your video, we're going to make sure that people will know how to be able to see that because it will capture the heart. And some of them, some of the people are listening, I'm sure wants to be part of that team of either brilliant people that will join you or perhaps other ones that will just support and say, ah, something is stirring in my spirit. I want to be part of that. Yeah, I, I really hope so. We're at, at www.marvelouswaysint.org. Uh, we're Marvelous Ways International. And, and we are looking for um, people who are creative problem solvers uh, who will be part of our research and development teams to help tackle these complex challenges. Fundamentally, Leif, um, we believe that the answer to the world's most challenging issues are those answers are in the throne room of God, and that He's He has built and wired people uh, and imparted um, vision and knowledge and wisdom into people to 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 solve these problems. And to go back one moment for those who who recognizes a transition period for themselves and they have a vision on the, in the inside of them like us. My wife and I looked at each other one moment. It was kind of that moment before we pulled the ripcord. And we said to each other, is our view of God and his love so big that even if we miss it, that his, that his net underneath of us is love? Beautiful. <laughs> uh, and if we miss it, if we fail, is his love, is that net big enough to catch us? And... Um, I couldn't have said that a couple of years ago, honestly, four or five years. The revelation of, of, of his love um, had to be there to pursue the vision. Otherwise, we, we would have done it in fear. Wow. Yeah, it was just because the picture I saw is, of course, Simon Peter. Is that you, Jesus? I'm willing to step out of the boat, walk on water, keep my eyes on you, Jesus. But I do believe in if I'm going to sink, I'm going to be okay because you are there, Jesus. And it's that kind of a picture. That is so beautiful. So if you had to give some advice to some people are out there, some people, they've had a funeral of their dreams. There's other people right now that just need somebody to lift the lid because they have all the limitations and the hindrances. But if you were just to speak to some of the people that are out there and, and they've had a dream, hope defer has made the heart sick. And now is the season to dream again. What advice would you give them? Yeah. I would say give yourself permission. 
Give yourself permission to dream and to dream God-sized dreams. The, very often we don't we don't give ourselves permission because we have we're afraid of failure. As you've said, we've had failure in our past, both both done to us and uh, of our own making, right? Um, and so I would say, grieve those things, move on, give yourself permission to dream and to dream God-sized dreams. And then I, I would say this, look and see um, and look around for the places that are, that are the faithfulness that you've seen God in your life. Leif, one of the things I love about your office is that it has all these memorable things, these, these you call them stones, right? These, these memory, memory stones, stones yeah. right? And what they do is in those hard moments, I, I keep really great notebooks. And I can look back and say, it was hard in that moment. Like, you know, two years ago, we brought my mother-in-law into my home and she had stage four cancer. And we brought her to the best hospital in the world in, 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 in Sloan Kettering. And we prayed and we fasted. And we believed God for, for, for a supernatural healing. And, and unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. She's healed today, but she's healed in heaven. Yeah. And we lost her, right, uh, here on earth. And uh, it felt like, man, what, like our whole future changed in that moment, right? It was this, the, the, this brokenness. And my faith was low and our faith was... In, in those times, I could go back to my notebooks and I can remember, no, no, in 1999, God, you were faithful here. And in 2005, and that boy that we rescued off the street that, that had been subjected to rape and, and exploitation, that had been rejected by his own parents and cursed by his community, is now being restored and worshiping the Lord and learning you know, a keyboard and, and those things. I'm pointing to those things that I've seen God faithful in that I, with my own eyes. I've seen too much, right? And that I use that to stir myself back up. And so for those of you who have this dream in your heart, but there's also that, that voice of, of past failures, look to when God was faithful and remind yourself. Yeah, so I want to encourage every single one that are listening, even after this podcast, set aside 10 minutes and I want you to go back again and look at the faithfulness of God and don't say oh it was just that headache no everything the small is the new big so I want you just to be making a list of all the faithfulness of God and everything that God has already done for your life build some memorial stone and keep them in the front of you because there's times for all of us when we cannot see we cannot hear but what the enemy cannot then take away, you go back to those memorial stones. So you don't get distracted by what the devil is doing. You focus on what God is doing. And this is the same God that did the bear, the same God that did the lion, now Goliath. So when you're facing that giant, you're not going to be overwhelmed any longer because you're overwhelmed by God. So 10 minutes, let's set that aside and look at all of those. So write down if there's any fear of failure or disappointments, discouragements, distractions, delays, the four dream killers. If you have any of those things in your life just list that down and give that over to God have a nice little bonfire get right before God and saying God here I am I trust you and I will obey you and that's what I'm hearing out of your testimony but there's one more thing I, I just kind of a subconscious because none of this is planned so I'm just playing the ball according to what I feel in the spirit since it's my podcast I have an opportunity <laughs> to do it so here is the thing that I also learned because uh, in your language as I said, we we just met today. I met your pastor before, but I, but I'm hearing the spirit of sonship, the way that you honor, the one you have honor 
John, and I hope this podcast that we're going to send out to your pastor that you have honored several times in this conversation. It's not about me. It's about family. So I saw that in you, and it's so much connected that the way that you have honored is the way you're being honored right now because you have honoring your fathers and mothers, and there's life flowing. So I've learned that about you. And the other things that I'm hearing consistently, including right now, because you're part of family, this is not about me. You talk about we. So even the mission is not, hey, people, come and support me in my dream and my vision. I have not heard that from you. You're saying, here's what God is doing, and I'm joining him. And would you like to be part of God's dream team? That's kind of a subconscious what I picked up while I've been around you today. And because I have a spiritual son here, Tariq, who introduced you to me, you were already saved because I knew this is a good investment. So I'm encouraging that also. What kind of a covenant friendships do you have? And what kind of a fathers do you have? Because in a moment, what would have taken people a year to get an appointment to sit and do what we do is happening very quickly because the way you have honored your father the way you've honored friendship is suddenly giving you an opportunity and now i know so many other people out there so i want to challenge you even now are you part of community do you have relationships do not be an orphan be a son so tell us a little bit about how you do relationship and how do you do life we just have a couple of more minutes but i felt i wanted to touch that yeah that's uh all of us need to have core values. That these are the non-negotiables in our life, and and honor is both written in notebooks and it's written in my heart and in my mind. It is uh, a top value of mine, and um, I've had great example. My my father is a man of God and has honored the Lord and His Word every day of his life, and his parents, his father and his mother, and um, my wife has been an incredible example of that, and. Um, and my pastor, and then at, at 19 years old, I, I'll tell you a quick story. I had gotten pulled over uh, for basically wearing my hat on backwards and listening to loud rap music. And uh, I got pulled over, and I had a bad experience. And so I went back to my mom and dad, and I, I said terrible things about the police. And, uh, and my, my dad got angry and corrected me. And uh, my mom bought me a book by John Bevere called Honor's Reward. And at 19 years old, I read it and it changed my life and I still use it to this day. And um, just a second, did you know, for all these years before we came here, until four years ago, all of our staff, we went to the video series of that and we used that textbook <laughs> to making sure that that was part of our DNA. So anyway, continue. I didn't know that. I had never met John. Um, he's been to our church, but I've never had a chance to meet him. But, um, and... And I've just had, as someone who's been given the best fathers in the world, my, my, my personal father is just an incredible dad. And my spiritual father, he's the best pastor and the most incredible pastor. And of course, my heavenly father. <laughs> I just desperately want that for the world. When I, when I travel in, in the, the slums of Central America and I see these fatherless boys and gangs and I see these... And sub-Saharan Africa, these street boys, and and I know the love of a father, and I just and and when I see pictures life of of you and and uh, and the Muslim world um, sharing the love of God and and the fatherhood of God to to people, I want the world to know uh, that they are not orphans, right? That they that, that that there is a heavenly father, and then and when you when you give honor. Um, in any of those realms, you're honoring your Father in heaven, and it returns on you. 
It's a. Uh, I want you to pray over us. I want you to release this, because freely you received, freely you give. So if you can right now, just I know there's people even a sensing in the spirit. There's a stirring in the spirit over people, and right now I want you just to release even even this. For people there, even if there's some of them, maybe even have to repent because of dishonor. But I just sensing that you're going to release what God has given you, and people there are going to start to dream again. But they're going to start to honor again, and they're going to pick up some of the things. And wow, there's going to be resurrection of dreams. So just release over us an impartation. Whoa, that will lead to transformation. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Heavenly Father, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and there is none like you. You rule and reign. You set the, the mountains in their place and the stars, and you set the borders of the seas themselves. And yet, as the psalm says, you are mindful of us and you love us. So right now, I thank you, Father, that you are releasing all of your sons and your daughters right now, one from the burdens that they feel, the past failures, and that, that, that you're making a place for that to be released, to be cast far away, to be burned in a fire of, of forgetfulness, to be honest with you. Father, and I thank you right now that you are also releasing a, a vision that can only come from a father to a son and to a daughter. Mm. God-sized vision, Father visions right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that a resurrection, Jesus, you came not to heal our sin, but to resurrect the dead, right? You, you, you brought us back to life. And so right now we call a resurrection anointing to the dreams, to the visions, to the prophetic words. Some of you as children, you worshiped in, in, in pews and wooden pews and in churches and words were spoken over you prophetic or you saw visions and you were things right now resurrect those in the name of Jesus bring them back to their eye their 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 face that they would see them and know them that those were actually those were father visions for sons and daughters Put it in their bodies. Let it burn in them. Give them that word. As as Elijah, um, as the prophet Isaiah said, I, I have to say this. I have to do this because it burns on the inside of me. Let it burn on the inside of, of your sons and daughters. This world has challenges, and you have made people that are the solutions to those challenges. That they would go throughout this earth in their own community, or in their own street, in their own church, in their own school, and in, in the nations of the earth, that they would release the love of God, that they would solve the problems of this earth and that Jesus would be glorified, that it would open up doors and avenues and conversations to share the, the ultimate restoration. And that is of, of us back to our father through the man of Jesus Christ. So father, we thank you for it. We bless you for it in Jesus mighty name. Yeah. Amen. 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 And I hope that you capture, we're going to make sure you get on the screen how to contact my dear brother and friend Mark and his wife. And I'm just blessing you. And I'm just uh, such a, it's such an honor that we get to connect and that God is just restoring his big family for a big purpose because the father has a dream and he has sons and daughters of glory that has a solution for those dreams. And we're going to dream with Papa God so that earth looks a little bit more like heaven. Amen. God bless you and I love you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter 
at globalmissionawareness.com.